Well, that was good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe they'll let it tonight for you, Tex. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I can guarantee you Wayne's not going to edit that out. No. <laughs> nope. No, he won't. That was too much win right there. That was just awesome. Hello and welcome to the Modders Inc. Podcast number 23 for September 15th, 2011. We'd like to say thank you to our friends at CPU Magazine. Computer Power User is a free monthly magazine aimed at people who breed, eat, and sleep computer technology. You're the kind of person that gets us kicked by upgrading graphics cards or smashing benchmarks, modding your PC to the hilt. Well, no, then you need to check out CPUMag.com. Today on the podcast, we have Vic. Hello. Mm, Dwayne's over there inside trying to warm himself up from somewhere. Yeah. How's everybody doing out there? All right. Tony's over there hanging out, too. What up? Got me, Craig, Tech Daddy. Uh, we got some special guests on the call today, too. Uh, world-renowned case modder Brian Carter, a.k.a. Boddicker. Howdy, everybody. Hey, he runs BodsMods.com, and we've also got Shannon Robb from Thermaltake. Hey, what's up, guys? Let's get this party started, folks. Oh, let's see here. We have a uh, a voicemail. Yeah, okay, I'll go ahead and get this one out of the way, because apparently uh, there's some people out there that I offended. With the beautiful little blue boogers running around the world right now called Smurfs. You're just a hater, Craig. You're I, just a hater. You have no idea how I, I would give a second thought putting those little things on the bottom of my shoe. Bergamel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Queuing up another voicemail. But we had a wonderful voicemail, and um, Dwayne will play it for you now. This is for that Gargamel Smurf hating man. I just want him to know that Smurfs smile sexy, so smile Smurf style, because Smurfs are cool. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, Craig, well, how do you feel about offending people out there with your comments? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, about Smurfs. I was expecting to be on the uh, rejoice and be exceedingly glad part of the side of the equation. I wasn't expecting to be actually pissing people off. <laughs> but, you know, I guess uh, I guess I need to be a little bit more careful about the about the feelings of others and how much they enjoy looking at those ridiculous little blue monsters. What's wrong with little blue creatures? Oh, jeez! I didn't like them whenever I was a kid. I don't like them as an adult. I was just happy, just peachy in my own little world. Now, is, there, is there a story behind this? Did you get scared and have nightmares from them, or what? Yeah. <laughs> Was it just because you weren't a normal size kid? Papa Smurf touched me inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be the same. <laughs> okay, well, let's get on to some actual modding here now that I've uh, stepped in it yet again. Um, at ModersInc.com, and for those of you who listening to this, I would hope that you actually know the website URL for Modders, Inc., but we actually have a monthly giveaway on our work logs that's uh, sponsored by Thermaltake and MNPC Tech, uh, Bill Owens. Uh, both of these great companies are supplying some awesome prizes uh, for the giveaways, uh, for our monthly giveaways on the work log, so everybody needs to keep those work logs going hard and strong and fast, and if you've got an idea, post it up. Get started on it. You, too, might very well be the next monthly winner. So we've been... Uh, just let everybody know. I mean, you guys don't have to be, you know, the modding gods like Brian is. Uh, <laughs> what we're looking like for... Me. 
Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> like the rest of us, as normal guys. But, I mean, you know, we're looking for, for just good work logs. Um, you know, don't have to be crazy or anything else, but um, something to show in your dedication to it. We're not looking, like I said, for the most fanciest or the most expensive one, but just some great, great work logs out there for the people that really deserve it. That's awesome. Yeah, so it gives everybody a chance. So you don't have to spend, like I said, $1,000, $2,000. If you're just doing something good, you're going to, you are going have a great chance to win. You can see it if you go back and look how many different mods that we've actually picked. So the... Uh the whole idea of a work log, and and what, and just to make sure that everybody's clear on this, the reward is for a good work log that is interactive and people that are participating in it, or at least open for people participating in it. You know, if you've got a great mod and you just and you throw up one or two pages, you know, that's that's that great. Thank you very much. But you know, show us the build, interact, ask questions, and just make it to where you want to read from beginning to end and, and, and teach, you know, make it a good work log. Yep, and you will be rewarded. Uh, you know, Thermal Take, we started off, uh, I think I, we started off with uh, Crucial. They threw in a couple of sticks of memory after that, and I, I asked um, Bill, and he, Bill was like, yeah, awesome, we'll do it. You get to pick from three different things that he's offered, which is which is great. And then uh, Thermal Take is offering uh, different prizes, for a while there, we had a, a case, and we had a keyboard, headphones, and a mouse. You could get as a combo. Or this time, it's, it's just a, it's just a, a case. But I uh, talked to Ramson, and Ramson just jumped in with it full-heartedly. He said, "Whatever you need, and it's almost for as long as you want it." So these guys are really just kicking up. Both of those guys, we really appreciate it, and uh, especially Bill. I mean, Bill is a modder. Everybody knows Bill Owens, and. He wants to help you guys, so that's why he's offering all this stuff up and, and to keep it going. Excellent. Does the does the heart good. All right, so just so that you guys know, get your work logs up, keep them up to date, and uh, you will automatically be entered in our uh, our work log competition, if you will, and you will win prizes for just keeping a work log. How sick is that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's about that simple. Yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Well, moving on a little bit here, since we've been talking about Thermaltake sponsoring uh, these these uh, these wonderful uh, giveaways and modding contests we've been doing at Modders, Inc., uh, we happen to have here in our guest den, if you will, tonight, uh, Shannon. Uh, he works for Thermaltake. Um, he is a computer enthusiast. You like to overclock, don't you, Shannon? Oh, yeah. I oh, I actually oh. came from, before working at Thermaltake, I did a lot of extreme overclocking. Wish, wish I had a little more time on the, uh, for that now, but, you know, I've been working on, as Dwayne knows, a lot of contests, a lot of stuff, you know, trying to give some stuff back to your community, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, those of you who have uh, been around Modern Inc. for a while and have uh, had the good fortune to run into Ransom, Ransom, excuse me, uh, then uh, you you could probably shake a stick and hit Shannon somewhere in the near vicinity as well. So, <laughs> Some, somewhere about six to eight feet away from him. That's for sure. <laughs> a little too. I don't know. I guess you could say a little too close for comfort. I, I'm not sure exactly how you'd say that. <laughs> well, uh, Shannon, you wanna you wanna talk to us a little bit about the uh, the modding contests and a little bit about thermal take. What do you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, for instance, the keyboard modding contest, keyboard and mouse, we had, as you're very well aware with uh, Ryan, we had the Level 10 GT modding contest first, and that 
was kind of just to prove, you know, that you can do some crazy stuff with a case that's not easy to mod by any means. I mean, that case is, like, just crazy. So I talked to Dwayne. I said, you know, I want to do something that everyone can do. Keyboard mice, they're small. You know, there's probably a million ideas people have for that. And we just said, you know what, we want to put something behind this and just show what anyone can do because it's not like, you know, it's not like a case or or it's not like a chassis where, you know, you've got some guys that just, like Brian, who just come down God mode and just, like, destroy everyone else's ideas here. <laughs> it's a keyboarded mouse. I mean, even someone might be able to contend against Brian with that. I mean, yeah. I felt bad. Brian puts out, like, the BMW the BMW mod and, and, and the other the Call of Duty mod. I'm just thinking, oh, wow. I'm just thinking, man, so many people are going to look at that and be like, I'm not entering. No way. Mm-hmm. How am I going to compete with that? Yeah. yeah, mine's not the only uh, good ideas that uh, came about. I mean, there was so many really good ideas uh, for the level 10 GT case. I was really amazed. Uh, I was blown away as to the level of detail some people have went into just with their ideas alone. I mean, it was really tough because we internally chose, as you guys know, we internally chose two cases to be modded. And that was, I mean, I had the job, of course, since I had the job of figuring out all the votes. And I'm sitting there going through, man. It was really tight. It was, it was, it was a tough one. It was a tough one internally to figure out exactly um, which ones we wanted modded. And it, it, took, it took a couple times around to get that figured out. But it, um, wow. I mean, I, I just still can't believe the feedback for that. And I really, as Dwayne so alludes to, which I'm never going to tell him anything until the day before I want to run it now. <laughs> basically, it's amazing. I tell him something like a day later it's on the forum. It's like, yeah, thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, if I, if I, I mean, honestly, we're not like one of those. You know, we don't, we don't really have secrets. I mean, with them, we'll take. You know, we just, we want to meet everyone. We want to, we want everyone to have fun. That's kind of the whole thing behind this. We want everyone to do what they enjoy. I mean, you know what? From what I've seen in regards to the things that I've seen Thermaltake post and the way that they interact with the enthusiast community and the gaming community and the modding community, you guys seem like a bunch of enthusiasts that just happen to be working at a corporate entity. I mean, it just, I, I love looking and seeing yeah. what you guys get your fingers involved in because a lot of places kind of have these departments and they, they, they have, you know, public relations people that deal with the community. You guys get out there, and I mean, I see your executives. I see everybody from your company out there intermingling and getting, literally getting your fingers dirty, getting into this 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 type of community involvement, and I love seeing that. Well, you know, that's cool to hear because, I mean, like me, I mean, obviously you've seen the TT enthusiast that that's the account I run, obviously, you know, on, on Modders, Inc., but I have it at other forums, you know, because I do overclocking, so, of course, that came natural. I hopped on those forums with it, you know, just kind of trying to get feedback. We want, the biggest thing for us is we want your feedback because I think for a long time, Thermal Take, you know, they came up with some cool stuff for, you know, starting a lot of things. Like, for instance, you know, whether it be liquid cooling, whether it be just extremely designed chassis, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we never really came out and, you know, kind of met face-to-face with the community to that level that we're trying to do now. We're kind mm-hmm. of trying to meet everyone and say, hey, you know, we're here to, you know, kind of meet you guys, find out what you want out of us. Because we can make a hundred different chassis, but that doesn't mean you're going to like it. However, you guys give us some feedback. We want to see this. We want to see this. If we can make something that is, first of all, easier for you guys to mod, second of all, something you really like to begin with, I mean, mm-hmm. that's awesome. One of, one of my good friends, uh, Travis, he's our esports manager, our, com- our community manager for esports. And he, we sit there and play video games. We go to land centers and play video games with people, man. I mean, it's just fun. Uh, Shannon, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, and I, I don't want you to 
I don't want you to hopefully get creeped out by this, but I'm over here and I almost have a tear in my eye. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious about this because for years we have talked about how do we get our ideas to a corporate ladder? How do we get our ideas implemented? And we've always talked about how, you know, modders are doing things to machines and then you end up seeing them incorporated in some way or fashion, you know, later on down the road, you know, maybe one or two generations later in somebody else's case. But for you guys to actually be going out asking questions and listening and planning and, 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 and participating, that's, I mean, I, dude, if I could stand up and give applause from the highest mountain right now, I would. <laughs> that's cool, man. You know, honestly, I mean, that's that's the cool thing about what I do. I I deal with not just, like, obviously the community stuff, but I also provide this feedback. I work directly with a lot of our engineers, a lot of the people that actually make these decisions or actually, you know, design this stuff in. So, I mean, you know, I obviously I've got more feedback than I could really ever deal with, and the way I look at it is if one or two things that I get as feedback end up in one of our chassis that makes you guys happy, that's a success mm-hmm. for me. Obviously, you, yeah. you're not going to make everyone happy when you, right. when you do something like this. But, I mean, a lot of people, they make, you know, all those companies out there, all of them make great stuff. But we're just trying to find our own way of doing it. Right. But the effort is there, and, it, and it's shown. And that's that's what I think. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to be that person that says, I think I speak for everybody here, but I really think I speak for everybody here. That is appreciated. It is. I mean, how long have we been talking about that, Tony? Yeah. Guess part, as long as me and Tony's probably known each other. And like Craig saying, it's it's just nice to be heard sometimes <laughs> to to know that somebody's out there kind of kind of looking and asking instead of just like looking and taking. If it, if if that makes any sense to anybody, yep. because yep. Um, a lot of the features that you do see in some of these cases, or I should say, most cases now, has probably been influenced by at least somebody out there. I mean, go and try and find a case that doesn't have a window in the side of it now. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah, that, you know. <laughs> thanks for making my job harder. <laughs> you know, but but stuff like that, it's just stuff that people want, and little by little, I mean, you know, before they had just a regular beige case, and they were, oh, who wants a window in the side of it? Now try and find one that doesn't. You know, who wants lights inside of their, their case? Oh, find one that doesn't have, like, blue neon lights in there or, or flashy, you know. Table management. Yeah, Cable I management holes. I mean, <laughs> oh, that, that started, yeah. you know, people routing stuff behind and, you know, trying to use the space behind the cases. And now manufacturers have started making the case space back there a little bit deeper, and they've actually yeah. started putting in grommeted holes. But how long did that take? A lot longer it's, than it should have. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm dodging these bullets right now. I'm just like, ouch, ouch, ouch. No, 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 no. No, it's just, no, no this was aimed at directly at you. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just kidding, man. It's, yeah. it's all cool. Believe me. It's, it's. I believe. I, I. Okay. One thing you guys can understand. I'm just. I, I don't want to say I'm just like you guys because I can't paint a lick. I couldn't. I couldn't paint my way to save my life. Believe me. But when it comes down to it, I'm. I'm an enthusiast by every sense. Just a different type. So mm-hmm. when it comes to like routing cables in my own system, I've had plenty of moments where I've went to shove a wire behind a motherboard and say, "Yeah, that's working awesome. I'm glad they put room here." When they, especially since I'm coming from the days when you know XTs and 286s, 386s, and mm-hmm. just like uh, one millimeter of space behind the motherboard tray. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was real awesome. There's still yeah. some of them out there that do that, though. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, but you know, hey. 
But you know what? They don't have the TT logo on them. No. All right. Well, let's keep let's keep talking about the uh, the keyboard and mouse contest. We start uh, the Thermaltake has uh, been awesome about sponsoring. Um, you guys have received a bunch of submissions, correct? This is a global competition, and I'm not sure how many how much awareness there is about it because I'm still trying to you know kind of get the word out there. And I know you guys have done a great job of trying to push it, and that's awesome. Whether it's five or five hundred, as long as people are having fun with it, that's all I care about. I mean. You know, I, I want people to have fun with it. Obviously, I want to make sure, you know, people see our stuff. I want to make sure, more, more than anything, I want to make sure people know we make it. Because a lot of times, like I said, I go to land centers, man, and it's just, it's crazy. Because I go to land centers and I show these people, you know, our keyboard mice, what have you, and they're like, they have no clue, you know, that TT Esports exists, which right. is actually a separate part of Thermal Take is TT Esports, and that's who makes the keyboard and mice. Right. I mean, they make all kinds of cool gaming stuff. Uh, you know, our mechanical keyboard is awesome. I'm sh- I know Ramsom told you guys about that on uh, Podcast 21. It wasn't actually out yet, but I don't know if any of you guys saw it. We poured LN2 on it. We've run it over with cars. It doesn't die. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a <laughs> at PAX. Oh, we did that at PAX. We, were at the, we, um, we went up to the Asus booth, and we were dumping LN2 on the thing, and then we were playing Team Fortress 2 on a laptop with the thing frozen. That's awesome. <laughs> but That's the, mouse did, the mouse didn't quite like it too much, but... <laughs> Turns out optical sensors aren't um, aren't really liking like sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> FYI, I'm not sure how many of you guys try that. But. Hey, hey, here's here's our plug for the guys. Where's our samples? <laughs> Where's our samples? I'll send you. I'll send you the one we ran over. Which, by the way, still works. <laughs> we ran it over twice. The BMW and the thing still works. That's that. That was just cool to me. So, what are the prizes for the for the for the contest? Oh man, we're, we're, we tried to we tried to go a little. We went, I went a little nuts on this, and yeah, all the top five that get chosen for their idea, which you know you know how it works. They submit their idea, and then you basically your community votes says you know hey we want to see this one built, and they choose their keyboard and mouse they want to mod. So once they mod it and all said and done, every one of them get the keyboard and mouse that they chose because I'm keeping their modified ones because I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the fir- the first place one gets three hundred bucks on top of that. Second place gets 200, third place gets 150, fourth place gets 50, and fifth place gets 50. So everyone gets a little something, you know. Anyone who puts the work in is going to have, you know, going to have something definitely to claim for it, whether you're first or last place. That's and I awesome. mean, regardless with the with the ideas I've seen so far, I really don't see. I mean, there is no real last place. I mean, they've had some really really cool ideas, and I could tell this is going to be a tough one, you know. As long as Brian can keep the uh, the rotary tool at bay, I would love to see what he can do with the keyboard and mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But, it, but, but again, this is this is not for you know those that are that are at the top of the game. It's for everybody. I mean, in your yeah. in your ideas that are submitted, don't have to be you know all done in Photoshop or anything else. Uh, like we said before, you can leave, leave the three D rendering to Brian. Basically, yeah, that yeah. I mean, you can, it can be hand drawn and scanned in. It's 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 the concept, and if you can do the work, that's where it comes up to. It's not one thing I'd like to see thrown in. So I'd like to see them to, to come up with some modifications, per se, rather than color schemes or painting or whatever. Yeah, you know? well, yeah. I was kind of hoping people would come up with some cool stuff. I saw that, uh, geez, you know what, I'm not on that page right now. I saw the same guy who did the Biohazard mod. He actually did keyboarded mice to match the mods he had created, yeah. that he created for the contest. And he actually put, like, toggle switches and stuff. And that's actually the kind of thing I was hoping some people would kind of pick up on is just kind of put some crazy stuff on it, you know. I mean, make the thing not just a keyboard and mouse. Make it just nuts. Yeah, absolutely. 
right mm-hmm. on. You know, we're going to pick the one that we think is the most interesting idea, even if it's not a 3D render of the thing. Yeah, it's the concept that matters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the you know people people might look and see the incredible 3D rendering that you know that Bob might put together, and you know, and say, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to compete against that. But what people don't seem to understand is Bob actually doesn't use a 3D render; he just thinks it, and it comes out on the screen that way. <laughs> you know, that explains a lot because I've met, I've met Brian, and you know, he he's a cool guy, but I figured something had, some sort of connection had to be there because the way he comes yeah. up with stuff is just ridiculous. He's only the second generation removed from a keyboard. I mean, <laughs> hey, come on now. That's that's my line. On, I'm from the internet here. Come on. Well, speaking of modding and modding contests, um, I hope I'm not going to make him way too uncomfortable by saying this, but we actually have one of the world-renowned modders who has been instrumental and inspirational in many modders' lives, and I'll go ahead and say it: he's been inspirational in mine just because of some of the work he's done and competing against him and watching him work and, you know, not competing against him and watching him work and being able to sit back and just enjoy the creation. We have Brian Carter in the house. Bod, Bodiker, BodsMods.com, right here. Big applause, right here in the house. Everybody give it up. I'm not going to have to live that one down now. No, nope, it's pretty easy. Especially on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> only one way to go up from here. And that's up. Well, I appreciate the intro. That was that was nice. Well, you're very welcome. And it's a it's a it's it's a very it's it's not something that's just heaped on for the sake of you know putting icing on a cupcake or something. I mean, you have been doing this for how long? My first one was probably in 2004, I think. Was that the Cooler Master competition? That was before that. Yeah, because I went I went against you in the Cooler Master competition where you did the wave and you split it in half. That was the Mystique. Mystique, the, yeah. yeah. The Mystique case. I took two of the two of the Cooler Master Mystique cases and made it a, a desktop deal, HTPC type type case. Yeah, that was awesome. Was it was very awesome. Yeah, it's Thanks. it's it's still a piece of work. It's still a piece of art. I love looking at that thing. But that was that was when. Uh, that was oh six, I think. Yeah, five or oh six. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Yeah, but you've been doing this. Yeah, but you've been doing this how long? Uh, since the end of 2004, I right. did my first one. Um, I guess I should give you a little background of how I got started, if you yeah, please, if you want. please. Basically, me and my buddies in high school, you know, we always had uh, hot rods. You know, that was my first uh, foray into the modding scene, I guess, if you will, because I I had a I have a, in fact I still do I have a 1971 AMC Javelin. Oh my uh, that, God! That was my first car <laughs> that I bought in 1985, and uh, oh. that was, uh, you know, <clears throat> I started driving that thing around and started hot rodding it. And uh, I've always been one to do stuff myself, and so you know, if there was anything that needed to be done or I wanted to do, I would try and do as much as possible myself. Uh, outside of you know, taking to a body shop and getting it painted or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but and in American Motors Corporation, there wasn't too many aftermarket parts available uh, for that make and model, and you know, so I you know have to improvise most of the time, and so you know, I ended up doing a lot of stuff uh, myself that way. But anyway, do you still have um, the car? I do. It's still oh! in the garage. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't, I I couldn't like part with it. Man, now I'm getting another tear in the other eye. So yeah. <laughs> In fact, I added to it. I have a, a '65 Rambler Marlin, oh. 
that uh, that it will be my next restoration uh, project if I can ever get a workshop built. But that's a whole other story. Um, <clears throat> so basically, after the uh, hot rodding stuff, me and my buddies got into computers and we started gaming. And uh, so you know, it was only a matter of time before we start modding our computers. You know, putting you know high performance stuff in it. And I was the first of my group to uh, include a uh, small window kit and a blue, you know, laser light, LED light inside the case uh, for our next uh, little geek fest, as we called it. And uh, so, you know, it started from there. I just, you know, liked the I liked the the smallness of the project. You know, coming off of cars and and having this huge project and just constantly working on it, it was kind of refreshing to have a smaller. Uh, you know, smaller size project to start working on, and actually something that I could complete in a decent amount of time, and actually enjoy the results, you know, a lot quicker. And so that's how it all started, basically. And uh, and my first official mod was the side view case, where I decided, you know, since you know all my buddies were coming over, I had the small table. I said, you know, let's consolidate and put the monitor into the side of the case. Let's see if I can do that. And so that's how that came about. Okay. Um, and, you know, the rest, as they say, is history, I guess. <laughs> That's the one that's oh, called Brian. Side View? Side View, is that it? Yeah, mm-hmm. Side View. 19-inch uh, flat screen Samsung uh, in the side of a Antec case, I believe it was. I still have that, too. It's in the garage, in the closet, waiting for waiting for uh, Side View 2 to come about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do got to say that's pretty awesome, Brian, because that's kind of where I came from was hot rodding. I can't, like... That's yeah. just really awesome to hear that because that's the only modding I really know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I always uh, I, I take after my dad in that regard. My dad is a retired United Airlines uh, mechanic. Uh, he was lead mechanic in sheet metal, uh, and he was stationed down at uh, SFO uh, at the United's uh, maintenance base in San Francisco. And he was always doing stuff himself, and he was always fixing our cars. I'd come down any given Saturday, and he would have something laying out on the work workbench that was mm-hmm. once in the car. I remember going in the garage, and he had the whole garage was lined out with automatic transmission parts, all laid out in order in succession of how he took it apart. Mm-hmm. And he turned and he looked at me, and he said, "Do not touch." anything because <laughs> he had the bands and the seals and the rings and everything all perfectly laid out so that you know if i messed with anything there'd be mm-hmm. no way in hell he could get it all back together the way it mm-hmm. came in he yep. actually did you- fixed, he fixed that transmission and it stayed you know for another seventy five thousand miles longer than the factory <laughs> version <laughs> of it lasted so that's wow. having having rebuilt an automatic transmission myself i can i can definitely understand where he was coming from yeah <laughs> I was more wondering, did Brian actually touch it after he said not to? I did not. I, <laughs> okay. I knew better than that. So your dad was also the inspiration for UAL 737, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, he was. That was something I wanted to do for him uh, as a uh, as a present uh, for his birthday, and uh, just to commemorate his, I think, 35, 36 years of uh, working at United Airlines. Wow. Yeah. That was really, I mean, in case people don't know, it's actually a quite miniaturized 737 that houses a computer. And, um, I mean, you went through all kinds of stuff on it. Didn't you even make a, a vacuum forming table and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I did. I uh, I was trying to do everything myself. And uh, 
you know, the way I designed it, it's basically half an airplane. So it, it kind of pushes up against the wall, and it's like half a fuselage with the wing coming out towards you. I had to figure out how to bend the acrylic into the shape of a half a fuselage. And, you know, I was toying with doing a fiberglass and, you know, trying to figure out how to do a cast or mold configuration. Um, but in the end, I chose the avenue of building my own vacuum-forming table so that I could melt the, a sheet of plexiglass over a, uh, the fuselage form that I made out of wood and wire and plaster. <laughs> yeah, that's, again, what can you, just, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just like, wow. See, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, every time I watch, and, and you know, this is, uh, I, I'm doing my best to listen because I know that every word that comes out of my mouth is probably going to be like, sound like I'm heaping praise on you, but every mod that I have watched you do since I ran into you at the uh, at the at the Cooler Master competition, has always incorporated a new and distinctive set of techniques. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time, and it's always come out spectacularly, miraculously. It, has. it actually I mean, worked out. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it it blows me. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry, folks. Um, the f- made a vacuum form table (laughs) (laughs) well after doing some research online i realized how uh, basic it you know the components were and uh there was one site that actually had a how-to of how to build it but the the one that he had made was way too small for what i needed you Mm -hmm. know so i had to adjust uh his design to make it compatible for for what i wanted to do so you know it, it you know i took stuff that I learned off the web and mm-hmm. just kind of tailored it to uh, to my needs. Every mod, I always try and come up with something that would challenge challenge me. If I don't know how to work with a certain material, you know, that's probably my next what my next mod is going to be mm-hmm. made out of, you know, just so I can learn how to do it. All right. Well, have you ever worked with uranium before? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can slow down here just a bit. <laughs> Maybe I can catch up. Getting whiplash watching I've been, you. I've Did, been instructed to to answer no on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did you? Okay, and this is this is my naivety, not having covered your site. Do you have a tutorial on how you built that vacuum forming table? I do. It was part of the work log of the 737 case. I kind of went off on a tangent, and uh, uh, on my old site, which is just bods-mods.com, there's a mm-hmm. there's a link from the 737 uh, work log page that shows uh, some pictures and a, like a short little GIF image or some video of the uh, vacuum forming table. Okay, because I am dangerously curious about that. Well, the other thing that we've noticed that you know how to really uh, throw down and, and, and because of the, the beautiful Battlestar mod and that thing was just stellar and yes, again, it. I mean, I dare anybody to say that it wasn't. Uh, but the extensive use of styrene in in the fabrication and production of that machine mm-hmm. was uh, uh, was an amazing technique in the way that you built the ribs and the plating and and a lot of the a lot of the the framework and the structure. And I had never heard of styrene before. You actually started bringing it up and using it so predominantly in this mod. And mm-hmm. for those of us who have never used it before, can you explain what it is? What it's common, where it can be found, and and can you explain how you used it 
what things did you learn while you were using it? What can you do with it? What can you not do with it? Yeah, it's a very flexible uh, material to work with. It's used widely in the uh, model building communities, uh, train train sets, train building, uh, and you know, there's a lot of movie industries where they have you know uh, detailed models, scale model building. And uh, I actually uh, came across it when uh, I was looking at uh, Paul Capello's Doom Three mod. That's the one of the materials he mm-hmm. used quite exclusively mm-hmm. on that mm-hmm. one. So I found out what material was, and so I, I didn't know what it was at the time either. So I was like, okay, let's check it out. So I, I did some research again online and found a lot of sites that uh, that had that. And then I found uh, hobby shops sold it readily in you know sheet form and sticks and shapes and rods and all sorts of different sizes and shapes. So I purchased a couple sheets and rods from that. And how expensive is it? That's not too bad. Uh, if I recall, a sh- you know, a set of five or six sheets was like, you know, depending on the thickness, you know, five, ten bucks or something. <laughs> oh, that's not bad yeah. at all. It's not bad, yeah. No, it's, no, no. It's really flexible. It's really soft and pliable. Uh, has a low melting point, so, you know, really light uh, covering with a heat gun would, would soften it and melt it over a, a certain form if you wanted to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I used the heat gun on uh, on all the ribbing of the top uh, landing bay of the mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica, and I individually heat bent those rods or the you know the the ribs around the the sides, and mm-hmm. you know that that took uh, uh, quite a bit of time to do that individually mm-hmm. on all those uh, ribs, but uh, it was really easy to bend. And then I glued it once uh, cyanoacrylate type of a glue. Mm-hmm. And sticks and it bonds uh, instantaneously, so you know just plugged away at it. You know, a lot of detail on that case. It, it took quite some time. You have uh, you have uh, an amazing level of detail and an astounding level of patience. Where did you learn that from? I would probably say I learned that a lot uh, part in the hot rodding department, where you know building things uh, in the car. You really had to have a lot of patience. You couldn't rush anything. You know, mm-hmm. If you wanted it to work right and run correctly, you, know, you you had to take your time and do it right. You know, don't want to mess up the firing orders or you know, you know, adjust the carburetor in such a way where it backfires. You know, you got to make sure you do it by the book. And so, you know, I would have to say I was really into drawing and artwork when I was a kid. I draw, I drew cars all the time, just in my spare time, any chance mm-hmm. I'd get. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in school, you know, you know how the textbooks had like three or four or more blank pages at the beginning and the ending of the books. <laughs> they they'd all be filled with with drawings of Uh-oh. cars. You know, <laughs> that that's that was what I was doing instead of reading the 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 chapters, the required reading. <laughs> what about wiring? How do you how do you uh, how do you go about doing the wires in your case? You... Uh, for just about anything, I like to have a clean uh, clean build. To look at, and wiring was always, you know, one of the things that would always get in the way. I mean, they got to be there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, sleeving is. I'm, I'm still working on doing, you know, my sleeving better. Um, but I was. Aren't always, we all? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was always trying to hide this, hide the cables in any way I could. You know, either behind the motherboard or building a partition to, to hide all that stuff. Like on the Mystique case, I actually went to the hardware store and I bought a chrome uh, sewer pipe or type of a plumbing 
like like you would find underneath the sink, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, just a chrome mm-hmm. pipe to sleep, to to put all the the wires through, and then you know into the other compartment where you couldn't see them, and then they'd go to wherever they needed to go. You know, the Mystique case. I also used uh, rubber hose from uh, like uh, car dress up kits. Oh yeah. Yeah, I use that to to hide the wires. Is anything to make it look better and you know conceal them down and group them together so that they're not just all frayed around and, and yeah, everywhere. I've always wanted to use the stainless steel braiding hose. Uh huh. And use that with the uh, with the anodized like blue and red end pieces. Yeah, I think yeah. that would look really cool for for cable routing. It really expensive. It's really yeah. expensive, and that wire pokes hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you other guys? What, what do you guys do? What do you think about wires and stuff? I mean, I know it's it's a necessary evil, but what do you do to hide them or cut them? Do you guys cut them up, chop them out what you don't need? Oh, yeah, definitely. You name it. You name it. I cut them off, re-solder wires on, make them longer, whatever. Yeah, but make I them longer. I, I mean, how far can you really go? I mean, there are, yeah. there are limits, right? Yeah, well, it depends on what you're doing. I, I mean, I've had, uh, let's see, I think I've extended the PCIe six-pin cables before to get length without having to use a short add-on. As long as you're not going crazy, you're okay. I mean, you can add six inches to a, a strand as long as you're not going stupid with it, you know, and trying to power a monster off of a two or three wires. But, you know, you wouldn't want to take your, your CPU plug and run an extra two foot on it. That's but, true. You know, for the most part, you could add a couple inches here or there. Not going to hurt nothing. Plus, you, you know, if you get to doing that, then you, you know, what I normally do is if I'm going to extend a set of wires, I'll make sure I've got nothing else on that but what I want on it. Like if I'm doing, you know, for video cards, I'll just do that and that's it. There's you know, no Molexes tied in anywhere or nothing. Right. Plus, it, play, it plays into what power supply you're using to on how it's, whether it's, you know, a single rail or a multi-rail, how many amps it can handle on each line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's you know, a, that's the a good mo- point. Yeah, the modular power supply is, you know, a modder's best friend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just yeah, remove, the, the, remove the wires you don't need. Simple as that. <laughs> just just that quick, yeah. yep. Well, that's as long as it's a, a fully modular one. If it's not, then you got you still got a few that you got to deal with. Well, but reality is, I mean, like a lot of the ones that aren't fully modular, the most you're dealing with most of the time is a 24-pin and 8-pin, which I've never seen someone not use one of those, at least in a functioning computer. Yeah, but you, you got a few of them out there that run run the dual 8-pins, and a lot of people don't use the second 8-pin. And then that's you've got true. some that will throw the Molex or a SATA strand on that's fully fixed. And I, From dealing with power supplies for JohnnyGuru.com, one of the biggest things is, is everybody wants more fully modular units. Yeah. And I know we – seen a, a comment in the uh, – I thought on the site here recently, somebody complaining about fixed cables, and you know, you, you kind of get to look at it from both sides of the, of the table. They're fixed for a reason on on the power supply manufacturer site, and you know, they try they are trying to limit it to what ones they have fixed. But when when you're you're with Johnny Guru, so you understand, you know, you take that, and you know, the more connections you add, you know, you you know, you're adding extra resistance, you're adding a lot of you're adding a lot of stuff there, and I think that's kind of where that comes from. Yeah, but see, I'm I'm one of the guys that, being that I am a modder, and that's where I started out, I actually will stick the modular, fully modular power supply as many times as I can to to the people that that complain about adding the resistance because you got more connections, you got more chances for bad connections. As long as you don't go crazy, you're not really going to hurt anything. 
Um, as long you know, you got a decent power supply that's got enough power to push it, and you got the right wire, you know, right size wires. You're not going to run into a big issue. See, man, not I'm even getting good. feedback on the podcast. See that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that one in tomorrow. <laughs> hey, right. buddy. Then while we're at it, you know, how come on the SATA cables they're like a hundred feet long, and you get from the motherboard <laughs> to where the set where the SATA drives are at is only about eight inches. Oh man, I know. Believe me, I've <laughs> believe me. I do the same thing when I'm building a system. I'm like, let's see. I've got to hide an extra six feet of SATA cable for some reason. Yeah. So what I do with those typically is I uh, I hide those. I, I scrap them to the back, and then uh, I'll build my own. Like if I've got three drives that are near each other, I'll just go out and buy three 90 degree SATA Molexes, and then build my own power line. And then put a female receptacle on the end of it that I can take to the back behind the motherboard tray and hide it and plug it into the existing line if I can't clip them off. Yeah, same thing. I mean, like running a lot of wires or for lighting and stuff or, or different fans, I like to make my own little like kind of bus bar. You know, you can buy that over at mm-hmm. Radio Shack where mm-hmm. you can put on, you know, a couple of different uh, uh, powers onto it and then run four or five lights off of it or, or fans or anything, and it makes it really easy. That way you can put yep. it in one spot and run one cable to it. You can hide it and then run all your other cables and hide those, and it works out great to, to, to do that. I'm, I'm surprised I've not seen any more of us uh, get on the single-braided bandwagon. I personally, I hate it. I hate, I hate, I hate it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the single-braided wires, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that looks like a pain just to do. I don't it know is. if Brian's done it yet, but so far I'm the only one out of us that's done it. Oh, I don't really care for it. Well, I did a well, I did I did one that was a a, a two into one braiding on the on the power supply. I just haven't finished the mod yet, so it's not something that anybody really remembers. No, I, <laughs> but I, it was painful. Yeah, I did it once for. Sorry to say, Shannon, cover your ears. Uh, Cooler Master mod. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, man, I'm I'm open. I'm not gonna sit here and like cry. You know, I mean, everyone makes good products, man. I already said that. That's all good. I'm a. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Corsair Cooler Master, it's all good with me. But truthfully, this this is just me saying out loud. Why do I want to make a nice group of wires, a big ass group of wires? I want to go the <laughs> other way. I want to get as as little as possible, not not double or triple the size of it. I mean, sure, it looks cool, you know, and it looks like, wow, I just spent hours and hours and hours doing these 24 pins and stuff, but I want to be as small as possible. I like them when they're all neatly ordered and, and going through their yeah. individual holes or something like that where they're just totally perfectly lined up, but, you know, if it goes into a big mess, I mean, that's, you yeah. know, I, I like it nice and neat, and, you know, I I use the, uh, the extended cables from... Uh, uh, from Modders Mart on the Tron case, you know, just because I was, you know, out of time, I didn't really have much time to do it myself, and so, uh, you know, I got those uh, the uh, PCI extending uh, unisleeved extensions, mm-hmm. and I yeah. used those and and called it good. You know, I kind of cheated that way, but uh, <laughs> no, but it was all, that's, it was all that's using your knowledge. You knew where to go to get the resources, right? It's a it, it, you, <laughs> it's a true it's a true labor of love. I I admire anybody who's done it. Yeah, done uh-uh. right, it can look rather beautiful. Done oh, right, yeah. I think, you know, yeah. it can look totally amazing. Yeah. Oh, done right, they look awesome, but I can only imagine trying to route them without just destroying the sleeving. Not to mention, like like I said before, you have this huge bundle of wires now, individual, right. so therefore you got to somehow keep them in line while routing them, which routing them is already a pain to begin with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, one of the things I did with uh, the very first, uh, my actual, my very first mod, Bling Green, was I built a, uh, uh, basically I built a cable run, and I didn't sleeve anything. I just, I bought the wire in the colors that I wanted. Yeah. And then built, and it was, they were all going back to one of the first modular power supplies. It was one of those X-Connects from, uh, Ultra. Yeah, and, uh. They were all individually colored wires that I had routing down through acrylic spacers that had individual holes drilled through them to hold the wires at an even space all the way down. Nice. And I liked the way that turned out, and I'm actually thinking about doing something similar to that again. After doing the the, the cable, the unisleeving, and experiencing the pain of that, I'm like, you know... I, I think I'm just going to go back and do it the way I did it the first time. <laughs> yeah, there's be, there's better ways to spend your life than doing that. Oof. Well, I mean, if you got the right tools and you got the time and you got the patience, doing the individual sleeving isn't mm-hmm. that big of a deal. Okay, I have like, the first yes, one, but it, I don't have the patience and I don't have the time. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Definitely not the patience. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Maybe we ought to get TT to start doing power supplies made to order. Uh, you know what? I've gotten that. I've actually had that recommendation a few times, and believe it or not, I've actually recommended it. Oh. So, but trust me. I mean, like I said, if you guys are giving us feedback, man, we're we're down to you know we're down to look at it. I mean, I can't guarantee that everything you guys recommend is going to happen because you know how that goes. <laughs> I mean, oh. if I if I did everything you guys recommended, man, I wouldn't be here in a week. Oi, Shannon's got balls of solid steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the made-to-order thing would be a little pricey and a little time-consuming. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, if you look at it, like if you did a fully modular supply and you had all the connections there already, it's just a matter of basically it would be made-to-order wiring harness, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you'd have to look at it from, you'd have to do it from uh, an engineering standpoint. They're, they're, Within you, rather than at your OEM or whoever. Exactly. That'd be, that'd, that'd, it, you'd, you'd actually have to have somebody that actually sat there and did that all day long, and that's what they did. And right. That's one of the brick walls I run face first into when I have ideas like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's that. That's a good. That's a that's a good bit of information there for you guys. X, how do you handle wires? A little bit. A little bit of duct tape. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, whatever works. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. I d- actually did duct tape on one case once because I got so mad about trying to hide wires. <laughs> I just duct taped it down, then I pushed the panel as hard as I could until I could screw it on. Mm-hmm. The back panel <laughs> behind. Just yeah, don't I open it ever again. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the thing. I opened the back panel, and I just about I lost one of the thumb screws because it shot off. And I'm like, whoa, I forgot about that. <laughs> Cats never walked the same since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys that have the patience to pull off a... A complete, and I call it when I call a, a complete wiring job. The guys that can do both a front appearance as well as a back cable management with you know wire guides and ties, and you know, and they've cut the cables to length. You know, I got nothing but mad respect for people that can pull that stuff off because I absolutely don't have the patience for something like that. Well, to answer your question, I don't have the patience for it either. I usually just wire tie back there wherever I can out of the way. As long as you don't sit up front, I'm okay with it. Hey, I'm with you on that. A lot of times I'll just avoid a window and just set my case next to a wall so I don't have to look at my horrible wiring. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's going to need a shower after this segment. 
<laughs> he's like, these people are just wrong. <laughs> he's like, I yeah, feel dirty. I've done my share of messy back wiring. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward through the, the podcast, we've actually got some questions that came in from the members. Um, and uh, Sharkbite out at Potter's Inc. Uh, is coming up on Shannon's case right now. He'd like to know if Thermaltake is planning to upgrade its water cooling components uh, since it seems they seem to have lost a considerable ground in the market uh, that you guys pretty much dominated and started. Do you have anything you could uh, that you could say to that? Well, I'd love to say something to you. You know, thanks for picking the easy one first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, That's man. I, 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 yeah, no kidding. Honestly, when it comes to water cooling, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there that make really awesome components for the high-end water coolers. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah, you know, Thermaltake was one of the originals when it came to, you know, just water cooling coming mainstream. Yeah, big and, waters. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Those still exist to this day because they're better than a stock cooler. But if, you know, if you're one of these guys like I do, unfortunately, now that I don't want to do it anymore, but I water cool like everything, like motherboard, graphics cards, you name it. It's all water cooled, you know, dual loop. But we're not competing with that. I mean, you know, we're competing with, we're basically introducing people to water cooling. I mean, most people who have an air cooler or even a stock Intel cooler right now definitely are not going to, you know, jump into like a full crazy dual loop unless they really feel confident in it. So the way I see it, ours is more of a transitionary product at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been looking at, we, we've definitely, especially me because of my experience with it, we've definitely been looking at all of what the industry's heading toward, what, mm-hmm. you know, processors, you know, how, what kind of TDPs we're dealing with what mm-hmm. graphics cards are heading, everything, trying to get an idea of what we would have to do if we wanted to, you know, put some products out there at the high end. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I mean, there, it's, it's a very, I don't want to say a flooded market, but it's a very busy market. There's a lot of people that already make very good products in that sector. So nice it's like, liquid you know, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you'd catch that. Yeah, yeah that was nice. That was, that was well played. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I mean... The, the, I use, you know, I use some Swift Tech water cooling. I've used all different types, and I mean, they're it's great stuff. You know, I'm the first one to admit when other companies make stuff that they're just doing it right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of companies out there make really awesome water cooling, and I hope to someday maybe we'll introduce a product that we'll be able to compete head to head with those. But right now, I think ours is more of the benefit of just very simple to install. You can put the thing mm-hmm. in a drive bay, call it a day. We even have, for instance, Level 10 GT LCS just came out. It comes with a two by one twenty radiator. Uh, and it's all pretty much pre-installed, minus you know just hooking up hoses to your um, to your radiator, to your pump, and then to your um, CPU block. Mm-hmm. And it, and I mean you know I'm not like I said we're not competing with the really crazy high-end water cooling. We're mm-hmm. more of introductory, getting people's feet wet, so to speak. And well, I did it again. We're <laughs> we're basically just trying to get people involved with it. We're you have a lot of leaks people. in your house, don't you? I, I'm telling you. Uh, my wife's going to kill me after this. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, we're just trying to get people involved with, you know, we want to engage the enthusiasts. We want to get them to, you know, we, or even the up-and-coming enthusiasts, people who've never done it. Maybe the guy who first ever now just building his gaming PC instead of buying one off the shelf, whatever it may be. We, we, we want to make sure those people have a chance to see what water cooling is because a lot of people are scared of it. And I think a lot of people are are thinking that production ones are going to be just as good as the high-end ones, and that's what they're expecting. You know, they go and they buy, you know, the one that's off the shelf for 100 bucks and the whole system and it's water-cooled, and they see that their temperatures maybe maintain or go a little below a stock cooler, you know, but they're like, oh, this is crap and stuff. But, like, no, dumbass. 
<laughs> you know, that's not what it's intended to be for. And it's exactly as you said, Shannon. It's an introduction. See if you like it, if you're playing around with it, and then you eventually upgrade it, you know? And yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, on that on that same note, I mean, you use, like, for instance, one of the big water coolers. I mean, on a 975, overclock 3.6, nothing amazing, not even, not even close to makes me happy, but 3.6, you're getting 10 degrees cooler than a stock cooler. So it's not like, you know, it's not like horrible, but, you know, my same water loop on my system is going to be way better. But, you know, you're also talking a lot more investment, a lot more maintenance, a lot more mm-hmm. stuff that a lot of people just are scared of. I mean, I, I don't understand why, but then again, you know, when I, I don't remember when I first started water cooling. It's been that long, sadly. Well, there's, there's a mystique that you have when you're talking about water cooling, something that's an electrical component. You've already put two words together that don't necessarily belong together. Yeah. And to a lot of people <laughs> who are not necessarily enthusiasts that are willing to take that risk, of potentially spilling water on several thousand dollars worth of equipment, that's of a that, that's a that's a scary thing to do. But when you get these all-in-one systems that are easy to install, that that a new enthusiast could say, "Yeah, I can at least gain some benefit from water cooling," because you know I acknowledge the fact that water cooling is more efficient than air cooling, and I like the fact that I can get something quiet, and I like the fact that I can say, yeah, I'm water cooling my CPU, and I can overclock it better, but I don't want to take that risk of potentially not having a hose bound down just right, or potentially not having uh, the radiator mounted correctly, maybe I put a screw through it while I was mounting the fan, and I ended up piercing it, you know, that, that type of an installation environment that has value. That has benefit. And then once the people get past that initial, oh, this wasn't that difficult, then they step into the more complicated setups like what you've done. Yeah, well, Taz and, you know, and I both got a friend that uh, really loves the big water systems. Is that, no, is that no, Leatherface? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Too <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's running two of the big waters in his rig. Nice. nice. That's awesome to hear. I mean, like I said, you know, they're 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 great for what they do. You know, if you're mm-hmm. looking to if you're looking for five gigahertz, yeah, you're probably not going to be using the big water. I'll be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm running a 2600k at five gigahertz. You know, am I going to run it on a big water? Not really. <laughs> you're going to start mm-hmm. overloading that thing real fast. Right. Yeah. My biggest my biggest issue with water cooling is just the the overall maintenance that you got to put into it. Well, that, that I would like, you know, if you don't mind. I mean, if you don't mind taking a minute, what do you mean? Well, what maintenance he's talking about? You gotta, you gotta change your fluids every so often. You gotta add fluid every so often. Yeah. Um, to me, it's that's <laughs> a lot of hassle for. I mean, depending on your setup, you're more prone to have leaks or spillages while dealing with, you know, draining it, filling it back up, or even just adding it. Um, okay, in my aspect, we, we actually take cases a lot of places, you know, for shows and stuff. Yeah. That's a hassle to drain it, ship it, and then fill it up when you get there or whatever. Where That's what I've been doing wrong. Where does fluid go? Huh? Where does the fluid go? I know you got to add fluid because it... Yeah. it it'll evaporate. <laughs> yeah, it evaporates. It's it in actually, a closed loop. Where does it no, go? It, it's natural. It will seeping. evaporate. It, co- yeah. it actually does evaporate out of some of the seals. I mean, just it's natural, you know. Yeah. Depending on the hose you use, some of the hoses it'll actually seep through the hose. Yep. yep. Yeah. If you have a fill port, it'll evaporate through the fill port too. Absolutely. Brian you know, learned something today. <laughs> hey, even, even I mean, even the big water, man. Even the big water. I mean, we've even been. I know you guys look at it and it looks like the same thing it's been, but we've even improved on that. We have like a VR control knob now because a lot of people were like, hey, you know, either the fans not fast enough, fans too slow, what have you. 
So we even added that on our most recent 760 plus. But still, you know, it's a matter of whether it's something you can use and whether it's something that meets what your needs are. I mean, that's really what right. it is. You yeah, got to pick the right for the job, man. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna put a um, you're not gonna put a V12 in your Prius, you know. I mean, it would be awesome, but you're not going. To. <laughs> Let's see here, uh, Brian, you with us? Yeah, I am Brian? here. Well, um, yeah. yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully everybody <laughs> else can hear you on the recording as well. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, since we're an equal opportunity offender, um, Sharkbite uh, sent a question for your way as well, uh, and <laughs> this is this is this has got impeccable timing. Uh, what are your tips on cutting and modding Lexan and plexiglass? I get it. Because it seems that you have it down to an exact science. <laughs> yes, this is a very appropriate question. Uh, as uh, some, some of your viewers may already know that I had a bit of an accident on just this uh, Saturday where I uh, cut my finger quite uh, badly with my rotary tool. Had uh, nine stitches put in my finger to get it back together, so it, uh, <laughs> oh, it wasn't did, pretty. Where, but where did the blade hit you? On the inside of my uh, right index finger, right above the palm. Oh God, that's a meaty part. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but fortunately, I uh, missed the tendons and arteries, so uh, it was a quick patch up, and it actually doesn't even hurt that bad right now. So I should uh, state that uh, safety is a major concern. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when well, doing any type of modding. Yeah. Um, just this one momentary lapse of concentration uh, uh, is all it took to uh, uh, to send that thing around. So Next uh, time, are you going to be wearing mesh gloves? <laughs> <laughs> Chainmail gloves, probably. Yeah. No, but uh, I broke the tool in the process. So, oh, uh, did you, did you break the flexi shaft or did you actually break the rotary motor? The caps, uh, the uh, cable snapped inside the flexible shaft. Oh, I have no idea wow! How it happened, but I came back to the garage and tried to use the the tool again after His I came back from the doctors. Tough. That's exactly and, what uh, I was thinking. It just spun. The motor just spun, and I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this thing? So, <laughs> yeah, it snapped <laughs> the cable completely. Bob's <laughs> finger broke the rotary tool's <laughs> cable. How's that? Take that. His bones must have been made of titanium then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a Wolverine moment there for a second. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Wolverine! Did, did your finger heal itself after you cut through it? Nope. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he spit out the, uh, the, the rotary tool collet out of his mouth. Okay, so folks, we've actually we've actually now figured out where the problem is at. Bod actually did not make a mistake. The tool broke and it damaged him. <laughs> I was going to say, can you can you take it up there, show them your finger, and be like, your tool couldn't even cut all the way through my finger? Yeah. <laughs> See what they say, at least? I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I want one that can go all the way through a finger, okay? Yeah. okay. We can do like a whole thing here. Okay, give us your best you know, Chuck Norris-like for Bod. Thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just happy to know that he don't you know, farm out everything he does. Yeah. yeah. That's what tickles me. Well, we were uh, when we were talking earlier, Bod, uh, about your uh, your choice of cutting acrylics and Lexans and stuff like that. You were talking about a uh, a metal blade that you use. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, on the rotary tool, it's actually a Dremel uh, attachment. Uh, it's a, uh, I guess it's like a one inch diameter metal cutting blade. Is it got like little spaces between the teeth? It, it's a very uh, low TPI 
Uh-huh. I'm not exactly sure how many uh, teeth it has, but uh, it's, it's pretty small, and it, it just cuts through you know quarter inch acrylic really easily, um, and fingers. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> okay, but it's, but it's a metal blade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you run? Do you run your? Uh, do you run your cutting uh, at a high motor speed or a low motor speed when you're dealing with acrylics? It depending on the thickness, I'll run it at a you know if it's a quarter inch acrylic sheet, I'll probably run it at a higher speed. Um, but thinner eighth inch, it doesn't really take much. Uh, with that rotor tool, is quite nice because the it's a it has a foot pedal uh, uh, variable speed foot pedal switch, so you know I could I could adjust the speed accordingly to whatever I'm cutting. Very cool, very cool. What's the most useful tool uh, that you found? That comes from Leatherface. Uh, yeah, it was the rotary tool, and until it developed a taste for flesh and had to be put down. <laughs> but um, I'd say the jigsaw is a very close second. It's very useful. Uh. You you can switch the blades out. Um, I actually just killed my jigsaw uh, a couple weeks ago um, on the Tron case and uh, had to buy a new one, so I bought a uh, Porter Cable uh, jigsaw. It's roughly about 75 bucks. good yep. mid-range uh, jigsaw. It's really hefty, has a front light, um, easy to change the blades in and out, toolless uh, blade changing, and uh, actually works quite well. So there you have it, some of the best tools in the world. You don't have to buy the highest dollar thing in order to do your job. You can use, you can, you can shop effectively and shop smartly and still come out with the high quality work like what Brian does so don't don't think that you have to go out there and purchase the the best and the, the most incredible or the most expensive tool folks you can uh, you can you can make do with uh, and I'll, I'll say make do with because we all know it I mean it's Harbor Freight is not exactly known for high quality stuff and you know <laughs> Bod has turned, he has churned out mod after mod after mod using Harbor Freight tools and not I've got some Harbor Freight stuff out there in the garage, too, so not ashamed to admit it. I'm going to jump back over to Shannon here real quick. Uh, Shannon, we have another question from Sharkbite. Uh, he was asking if it would be possible for Thermaltake to create a, uh, a small uh, front panel shuttle device for, I guess, inserting and removing SSDs. Uh, have you heard or ha have you seen uh, Thermaltake considering any type of similar uh investment or engineering i'm not really sure if he's looked at for instance the max series we do have uh max series are like hot swap bays and like one of them does a <clears throat> five and a quarter bay all the way up to six ssds hot swap like uh it's part number max 1562 otherwise if he's looking for something he could just like you know kind of like our black x where you can insert and pull out a drive uh, i saw a few ideas on something similar to that but it's not something, I mean, it was something definitely um, we had worked on a few ideas and a few samples of, but I wouldn't say it's something that's coming out right at this moment until I see something a little more for sure on it. What product development ideas are in the works, or can you discuss, that Thermaltake is taking out? What cutting edge or, or, uh, or new, new, new directions, maybe, that Thermaltake is trying to take? Can you talk to any of that? Oh, of course, yeah. You know, thermal take. We try not to be too crazy, like uh, you know, sensitive as to what's coming out. We want people to know, you know, what we're coming out with. Give us feedback on it. And mm -hmm. you know, we've got some, we've got some cool power supplies coming out. We got a platinum series. It's actually, from what I, from my research, it's actually one of the highest power platinums out there, which is ninety four percent efficient. 
we've got a 1275. That's going to be uh, available pretty soon. We've got, you know, you name it. We've got chassis, seems like, coming out of our ears recently. It's like we're going to have a few few new design chassis. I shouldn't say coming out of our ears, but we got a few pretty cool ones that could be nice. Um, Sweet. I mean, we've got we've got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, I don't want to go too crazy on some of it. Like, for instance, uh, you know, the, the Big Water, obviously, 760 Plus just got released. We're looking at, like I said, all kinds of ideas on water cooling. There's nothing solid on the high-end side yet, but definitely something I'm pushing a lot for. So hopefully that's something that pans out really well and we can, you know, get some cool stuff for you guys. Mm, that sounds exciting. Not to speak, like, out of turn, but the eSports stuff, that's that's something I'm, I mean, I play a lot of games. I play, well, StarCraft 2. I, I suck at it, but I still play it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm honest, man. I'm an honest guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I get rolled all the time by, like I mentioned before, the guy Travis at our work, he just destroys me. It's ridiculous. But, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the, the game regardless, so... We like I said, we go to land centers. We play games all the time. So having the esports line is just awesome. Because not only do I get to like test all of our product before it comes out, which is really cool. Because basically I get to sit and play video games. But <laughs> also, I mean, I get to see some of the cool stuff we're coming out with, and I get really excited to see the kind of response. You know, because we actually take some of our non-released product yet, we take it to land centers and let people play on it, give us feedback on it. That's really cool. I've got That's to a perfect place to test all that stuff too. Exactly. I got one question I want to throw in real quick for you, Shannon. Um, did you guys ever go anywhere with the, the phase change setup? Oh, you know, honestly, um, the phase change, I love that idea. But the problem is an efficient phase change unit, as I'm sure you know, takes a lot of space. You know, you got to have you got to have a large condenser. you got to have a decent-sized compressor. I mean, you know, preferably like a one-horse or, you know, right, a really nice compressor because I've had – well, I have, I should say. I have – many phase change units sitting here a couple feet from me and they i mean they vary in size from something that'll handle a dual core 775 all the way up to something that's going to handle a 990x and the problem is that was an awesome unit and i actually it's funny that you mentioned that because i talked to ramson recently about getting a controller board for the one we have in our office because i want to put a sandy bridge set up on it just see what it does (laughs) but i mean honestly the thing they're awesome. It just was one of those things where, kind of like a lot of things you'll see us do, we do stuff just crazy because we want to prove we can do it. But in today's market, with the TDP, you know, 130 watt TDP processors, you got to have a lot of cooling power there, especially if you're overclocking. Because right. that 100, 130 watt TDP just goes south really quickly when you start cranking up the voltage. And there you have an overclocking enthusiast talking for you right there, folks. He's got. And and, and I pr- hopefully I didn't blow past anyone with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a liquid nitrogen guy myself, so you know I, I like it. Phase change, it's like boring because you just sit there and you're at one temperature and you can't do anything. Dwayne, you got a question? Yeah, uh, we'll let uh, Craig get a drink or something here and rest his voice for a couple of seconds, and I'll ask a question to Brian here. These are actually my questions okay. to him. I mean, all the stuff that you've you've done with the mods and and things that you've awards you won or whatever. Uh, what is the coolest thing that's ever happened to you because of case modding? Hmm. I'm really amazed at all the feedback that I've gotten, like on all the forums, and and you know I post you know my work logs and stuff, and I just love to read everybody's feedback, and and sometimes you get you know gems in there where they, you know, where they actually tell you you know how much this uh, has inspired them to you know start modding or do you know start working on stuff themselves or you know get them going. Um, I think that's the most rewarding. Uh, 
uh, things that I've come across, uh, when, you know, uh, from my mods. Um, wow, that's really cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty humble to say that, you know. I mean, because you're, you're basically doing it because you like it, but if somebody else is learning from it, then it even makes it even much more rewarding, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I and mean, I do it because I, I have fun doing it, and I enjoy uh, showing people, you know, my my creations, and and you know, it's really uh, it's really cool to see uh, you know people actually coming up and telling me that I mean, this is this is awesome, you know, and it's because of you that that you know I started into modding, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Craig, <laughs> but I, yeah. you know, you've inspired me too. I love your your uh, your uh, hot rod mod and. And that that's like the icon of of uh, of mods of uh, a few years ago. You know, it's still one of the best case mods out there. You know, the the boss, uh, the boss uh, uh, FX fifty seven was it? And there's an FX fifty three, and I'm getting teary eyed again. You need to stop. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I'm such I'm such a wuss. <laughs> so I mean, it goes both ways. You know, people get inspired from my work, and and you know, I get inspired from others' work. You know, that that come out and. Yeah, that's that's the great part of this community is that we all you know feed off each other to make better yeah. better things. So yeah, Paul Capella said it once. He said uh, he said it's an incestuous community that we live in. <laughs> I mean, it was fun winning my first uh, Cooler Master contest with the Mystique. You know, that was a really uh, that was a, that was a highlight, and that just fueled me to do more. You know, uh, to create more and to to you know, build more mods. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, I have another one for you. Since you like money so much, I mean, would would you ever consider of doing it full time? I mean, quit your day job and you know go into modding, or or would, do you think it would be you know it would no longer be fun? Yeah, I think uh, I think if I had to mod for you know to make some semblance of an income, I don't think I would have as much fun doing it. Uh, there's that pressure that oh I got to get this thing done in order to make money. I, I don't know. I think that takes a lot of the the creativity out of it too, because you're pressured to do something, and and I'm not really too good about coming up with ideas under pressure. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it full time and doing it all day long, but you know, if I had to to make money as a living, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Definitely would change the aspect of it. It, it would. Probably, it yeah. would. Yeah. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I remember talking to you up at PDX. Um, you said something about the Battlestar mod that you actually do not possess that anymore? Uh, I did manage to sell that, yes. Yeah. Um, that was out of the blue. I didn't actively go out and you know put it up for sale. Uh, it was just somebody who saw my work logs, uh, found it on my website, I think, and he, uh, he works uh, down in the... Uh, movie industry down in LA and has a tie-in with the special effects and whatnot. I don't think he worked directly with uh, Zoic, uh, who was the company that actually, the CGI company that actually built the the uh, CGI Galactica, but, uh-huh. you know, he that was his hobby, and he collected all things Galactica and actually uh, approached me uh, if, uh, you know, if I'd be willing to sell it to him, and <laughs> it actually worked out that he, uh, he bought it from me. So I was quite uh, amazed myself about that. Yeah. Did you did you deliver it to him or did you ship it to him? I shipped it. Oh God! <laughs> Please tell me that thing made it there safely. Uh, I never heard from the guy to say that it was. Uh, he's he's still was crying. He's still crying. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't caught his breath yet. 
but I made sure to ship it very, very well, uh, pack it very well, excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we've all learned, I think. Mods are beautiful until you ship them. I'm over here just praying. <laughs> I know that there's probably a ways well, ago that you sold it, but... It was funny because I asked him, you know, out of curiosity, is this going to be your new gaming case? I mean, what are you going to do with this? I'm just curious. And he replied back, he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. I just want it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. Did, did you ship it as a complete system or just, just a... Yeah, I shipped him the, the keyboard, the monitor, the mouse, everything. Cool. And hopefully wow. it's on display in his gallery of Battlestar Galactica paraphernalia. Uh, wow. You uh, know what? We're, we're going to see this in about five years on an episode of Hoarding. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know that case! <laughs> Another cool thing about that was uh, one of the uh, uh, producers that worked on the CGI Galactica, who worked at, uh, at Zoic at the time, uh, contacted me through my site and uh, told me how much he, uh, he liked the project and how impressed he was with the build. And he uh, he told me that if there was anything I needed from him to let him know. And oh, it was that's about, cool. It was about the time where I was working on the top landing bay, and I said, oh, as a matter of fact, you know, it would be cool to get some uh, screenshots of the inside of the landing bay because there's never any uh, point during the episodes that actually showed the inside of the landing bay in great detail. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, yeah, let me just call up that uh, render, and I'll shoot you over some, uh, some pictures. And that's how oh. I got the uh, the accuracy of the of the landing bay floor with all the markings and stuff where uh, the vipers would land and and sit and all the elevated panels and all that. So I was actually able to get uh, pretty true to life on on that part. So has Disney contacted you about Tron? <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> I was actually about to ask that one. Yeah, no, no lawsuits or anything, right? Assistant, assistant deceased. No, no. I don't think. It's like, we, uh, it's like, yeah, we kind of own that. Yeah, you can't really do that. Yeah. Well, it's a little late. Yeah. yeah. So By the way, uh, on that on the Tron subject, man, that monitor is insane. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. I, I saw that. That was pretty sick. Yeah, I was trying to get that done by the contest, but it didn't happen. So uh, I managed to uh, to get it almost done for the last PDX land. And I finally finished it. Yeah, Disney threats in a Tron-esque thing. They go by Bod's house, and they just put a big banner up in front of his house. It says, end of line. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, I get the message. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A couple, couple thugs in black suits just walk in and confiscate the whole case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian wasn't quite as lucky as you was with Quake Wars mod, huh, Dwayne? Do I? Uh, I missed Remember Quake Wars and, and QuakeCon? Yeah. Remember them coming over telling us to... Lose something? Yeah, they didn't like that. They didn't like that. I made it. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we did the mod and we had a monitor sitting there and just had a, a screenshot on the uh, showing on the on the screen and <laughs> they came over and requested us to remove it. Oh well. Hey Shannon, you still here? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm here. Okay, cool. Got another question for you. Um had a, another question, I believe uh Shark Bite. Shark Bite's de- would somebody shut him up? Uh, <laughs> I was beginning to wonder, is, it, is like all my questions going to be from him, or is there anyone well, else that actually asked something of me? Uh, we've got, well, you might, might have a stalker, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, this is kind of creepy. <laughs> I was creeped out about the tear part, but now the tear part seems half as bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about sleeve cables earlier, and uh, the, the, the unisleeving. 
Yeah. Um, and the question that's actually coming from uh, Sharkbite is, since the market is becoming inundated with very nice threaded sleeved cable additions, would Thermaltake be willing to do the same for regular cables instead of just extension-type cables? I think I think actually we kind of hit that earlier, which was, you know, I, I proposed the idea, but mm-hmm. honestly, realistically, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if... I mean, you'll notice no one really has done that, and I think it's because it's tough. I mean, that's that's a tough one to do. I mean, unislaving cables just all, like you said, someone sitting there all day long just unislaving mm-hmm. cables. That's a tough one. I, right. I proposed it. You know, you never know. I mean, I got enough feedback from people that I said, you know, hey, guys, there's a market for this. You know, is this something we can do? I mean, mm-hmm. I can't speak for, you know, what we can do because mm-hmm. you never know. I mean, we do as many things as we can to make cool stuff, but... Right, It's but it's got to be economically feasible. And at some point in time, technology and economics may come together to make this a feasible option. What I think Shark Bike was getting at here, um, the way I'm reading it, would be more of doing the, the full modular sleeve cables as, like, the, as, the... as like an accessory, where you could buy the full-length cable rather than it's just an extension. Oh, absolutely, and I understand. That's actually what I was saying. I actually proposed that we, you know, possibly, along with the possible, you know, fully modular power supply, offer it so that someone could get the power supply just by itself, just the power supply, and get, like, a red 24-pin if they wanted and a green 6-pin or what have you. So they could literally do what they wanted to, you know, they wanted a Christmas case, you know, they've got it. I mean, whatever (laughs) they wanted for it, but as ridiculous as that sounds, I'm sure someone would do it, you know. Right. And one, well, one of the things that, that great people are going to run into... Uh, I hear Brian now. He's like, huh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas case, not the not the sleeve thing. No. <laughs> yeah. One of the things people are going to run into on that, and I know I, I've seen it a lot over on Johnny Guru, people thinking they, they can interchange cables from one modular unit to another. No. And with modular <laughs> power supplies out there, so many of them are using different connectors. And even if they did have the same type of connectors on them, a lot you of know. them are altering the, the panouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you end up like so a Molex where where you, where you end up Molex where you got like twelve volt where ground should be. That would be awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Since we're talking about um, engineering uh, aftermarket products and stuff like that, what about a small add-on fan assembly for RAM? Uh, a reasonably priced um, fan assembly. Um, more so than what maybe some other manufacturers are offering. You know, that's something I haven't really even approached. It's something I could definitely look into, but uh, we used to have one. I know Thermaltake used to have one a while, actually quite a while back. I remember it. Yeah, they had one a while back, and then you've got two memory coolers listed right now, the V1R, and then you got a Cyclo. Exactly, but those are more like DIM specific. Those are more like actually right. installation on the DIMs. I think more what they're talking about is like the claw type that mounts over the memory, all four DIMs or all six DIMs at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm betting that's probably what he's talking about, kind of like what G Skill or Corsair offers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, and you know what? I totally open to trying something like that. I mean, we, I know, like I said, we've had one before, but it's just a matter of you know how do we improve on it? I mean, you know, what hasn't been done at this point? One of the problems I found with some of those, I mean, the Corsair ones, you can remove the top of the little fins off the heat sink and actually bolt something down. But a lot of your motherboards only run the tabs on one side of the memory now, where, you yeah. know, they used to lock down on them tabs. Well, yeah, because they don't want to ha- because the graphics card slots are so close, they don't want you to have to remove your top GPU just to take the memory out. Right. And I know a couple of the older versions of Corsairs wouldn't work out too well on those. I mean, you bump it lightly and it'd fall right off. Yeah, either that or it's gripping onto your PCB of your memory, which is also not very fun. 
especially with right. a metal uh, metal bracket. Asus, I think it was. Used, they actually had a uh, a little bracket and supplied with some of the motherboards to where you put a little forty millimeter fan blowing up the end of them. That was more. Yeah. That was more like their V-Rig coolers. That was like for like their. Um, their V-Reg and their supplemental chipset coolers. Right. But I've seen people do crazy stuff when it comes to modding for, like, cooling RAM. I mean, it's just insane. I've seen a lot of really cool innovations, but, you know, I've never really thought of, you know, a RAM cooler. So that's definitely something... Well, hey, after this call, (laughs) I'm definitely uh, going to be looking into it. I mean, if it's possible, I'm game for it. Um, Since we're we're talking about cooling, um, uh, we have a question from somebody else other than SharkBite. Oh wow! Hey. <laughs> yeah, Vashant came up with a good question. He was wondering if uh, if uh, Thermaltake uh, has anything in the works with uh, Peltier or uh, TEC designs for water cooling setups that would help cool the fluid, maybe to to help lower the, some of the temperatures on the big waters. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a sore subject for me. T- me and TECs are not friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, well, you, you know how TEC works: hot side, cold side. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, when those things short, guess what happens? The cold side becomes a hot side really mm-hmm. fast. Not to mention, if you have a good TEC, it pulls a lot of power. Yep. So you, I yes. mean, yeah, you could use a, you could use one of these couple watt jobs, you know, that uses like a Molex. But what are you really gaining out of it? A degree, maybe, maybe two. I mean, if you're really going to do it, you got to do it right. You've seen where people run supplemental power supplies just to power a TEC, mm-hmm. and they work, but to what effect? And I think that's yeah, I mean, sure, you get your cold temperature out of it, but then you also got to worry about getting rid of that heat that you're creating on the other side of it. Yeah, you're just dumping. You're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're basically exchanging instead of the heat being on the processor. Now you got a boatload of heat on the TEC. So either way, you still got to have the um, the load capacity on your radiator or your air cooler, whatever you're running. Right, and like you said, one of the biggest problems is you get a good one, you got a hell of a power draw, and there's not too yeah. many connectors out there that can handle them. I guess what I'm gonna do. I guess what we'd have to do is we have to sell a, a, a cooling system slash PSU combo. <laughs> I guess that'd be about a. There you go. I don't know. I mean, that's something obviously we can look at. But I mean, TECs, they've been around for a long time. They 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 had their day. It seems mm-hmm. like, and they just never really took off because right there there's. I mean, the fil- I don't want to say the failure rates high, but it's. I mean, I've dealt well, with them and. Well, the failure, made, the failure rate on a TEC is more dramatic. Yeah, it's like it, it, reliability. See, that's the thing. We try, we try to really push for utmost reliability. I think it, when it comes to a product where we have to fear, you know, whether reliability, but not to mention something as important as cooling a CPU, mm-hmm. that's just something, you know, we don't want to leave to chance, so to say. Throw a question over to Bod here real quick. You were at a... Uh, I don't know if it was a modding event. Uh, it was a, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, but how close did you get to Halle Berry? Yeah, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that was like two years ago, wasn't it? At some museum or something? Yeah, that was uh, at the Exploratorium in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did an so, event called Rods and Mods, and they invited a bunch of people yeah. uh, with their cases down uh, to just display uh, at the Exploratorium. And apparently, uh, Halle Berry was uh, walking through at uh, on that Saturday, and I was totally oblivious, and I did not even know that she was probably three feet away from me Dude. until after the fact when uh, Bob Stewart, uh, Bob DeBone, on the forums. Uh, pulled me over and said, hey, dude, didn't you, did, do you know that Halle Berry was right behind you? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I had no idea. See, 
See, I would have totally no lied on that. I would have totally been like, yeah, I talked to her, and I, I, I was right next to her. Ryan ruined his opportunity on that one. <laughs> well, we were all right there, so they, you know, they'd know if I was lying because they would see. <laughs> Somebody see. snapped a picture, and you could see the proximity of of uh, yeah. the two of us. And, yeah, you know, I remember seeing that. See, that could, well, have, she, been your, that could have been your in. answer to what was the coolest thing that ever happened to you while you were modding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I would actually talked to her, then that probably would have been cool. Yeah. But having totally missed it because I was, uh, you know, probably talking modding to somebody else, that probably isn't the coolest thing. <laughs> well, I think she probably saw your mod, recognized you, got intimidated, and left. <laughs> you know, it's just a guess. Just a guess. Just a guess. Um, when you were at uh, PAX, who had more women posing with their case, your Tron case or Leatherface's scooter mod? <laughs> I think Leather Leatherface had more uh, people posing with uh, uh, with his scooter mod because uh, I only had one uh, Tron chick that came around. Up. In fact, there were two, one, one on Friday and one Saturday, but I think it was the same woman. You think? <laughs> wow. Think. He's oblivious to women. You can tell he's married. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he's playing it that way so he don't get caught. Because oh, this yeah. is all being oh. recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Vic, who was spending like hours talking to that lady at QuakeCon. Hey, oh, hey, 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 I know that was Mary Kay. Mary Kay. <laughs> Look, guys, let me forewarn you. Those two will get you in trouble, okay? I'm telling you right now. And, and and see, what's sad, what's sad is Vic is pointing at his screen saying, those two will get you in trouble. Yeah. And <laughs> it's up to you to figure out who he's talking about. We see Tony him. and Dwayne. <laughs> and his wife's probably going, why is all this Mary Kay product showing up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you thought of me. Oh, yeah, that's right. I wonder if that's why she's selling Mary Kay at the moment. Hey, Shannon, as a vendor, what do you see as the best aspect about case modding and the case modding community? Well, for me, it's just awesome. I mean, from a vendor standpoint, it's more of just, you know, you guys are exactly why we make the crazy cases we do. You guys are exactly why we ever innovated some just crazy designs, was we saw what people were doing to a regular beige box. You guys were taking them and saying, no, that looks like crap, basically. And, you know, you were changing them. So, therefore, we said, you know, hey... If you can change them, so can we. And so we basically took them and said, you know, this design, you know, this design's going to hopefully, you know, work well. And we try to come up with the next extreme thing. Is it going to be, you know, crazy enough for you guys? Probably not, because I see what you guys do. And I mean, realistically, that's probably not going to. Uh, how, how do you position it in a way that you know it, it would please one of you guys? I mean, I, no matter what case we make, I guarantee you, Brian, would look at that and be like, yeah, not quite. <laughs> you're, you're close, but you're still a mile off, you know. And that's, that's why we try to make it so people who maybe aren't comfortable modding feel like they have something special. And that's also why, you know, the case that's – and then the same effort, when you have the case modding competitions, it's to show people as well, you know, while it is a cool-looking case, you can still do something reasonably to uh, make it yours. I mean, like the Star Wars mm -hmm. mod you guys probably saw, the one we had at um, PAX. <laughs> we put R2 okay. on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that one. <laughs> you know, honestly, that thing was done. That thing was done. The guy who did it's a friend of mine, uh, Mark. The Mark, he, um, I asked him, I said, you think you could do a Star Wars build? And he's like, oh, heck yeah. He's like, I'd love to do it. And I go, how about two weeks? And all of a sudden, it changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's just like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that was done in two weeks, with and he spent like less than 200 bucks on it, man. 
I mean, and that just goes to show, you know, like a lot of people who maybe look at that and like, you know, look at Brian's work and say, oh my God, you know, I can never afford that. They don't realize that sometimes some of this stuff is just maybe even just the cost of materials, not very high. And it's just a matter of the time to build it. Right. Yeah, Manipulation I know. I've been, working on, I've been working on one for four years or more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we got one more, we got time for one more question here real quick. And, uh, we're going to throw this one on the botter's lap. We have a, uh, uh, we've got, uh, a, a yeah, gentleman by the name of device unknown. Um, and I think he goes by another alias. The question is, I have dissected every one of your mods. You were the reason I started modding. Any chance we, or the heck with them, just me, could get pictures of your shop and a little more information about yourself. Following you in the forums, you really seem like a guy that would be fun to go out and have a beer with. <laughs> Do you uh, I'll have a beer. want to answer that? or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, uh, well, I don't know. My shop isn't really anything to... Uh to be uh, uh, proud of. It's just a garage. You know, it has a, a, a workbench, and that's about it. Can you park uh, your car in it? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. Uh, See, I can't park, park my car, car in mine. <laughs> it's a 50 by 50, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's an airplane hanger. It's at his house. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that, and then a little more information about myself. I pretty much gave you some background stuff at the beginning of the podcast. So, What do you do for a living uh, in real life? I work at a local ad agency. I I produce video and uh, radio commercials, TV and radio commercials. That's wow. where the video side comes from, the, doing all your models and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, you know, I've been doing uh, Photoshop and After Effects and all of those programs for quite some time now. So it's just like second nature. You know, I've I've done some 3D animating and stuff in the past, and so you know, SketchUp was pretty easy to pick up. <laughs> You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat there. I need a drink of water. Smurf. Here we go again, right back to the beginning of the podcast. Huh? <laughs> and you don't need to say that when I've got a mouthful of water, man. <laughs> that was rude. Okay, I'm sorry, Bod. Keep going. Keep oh, going, no problem. Sir. Please. Basically, uh, I guess that's it. I have a follow-up question for you. Okay. The Lenovo mod. Oh, yeah, Sensei. Yeah, whatever became of that. Do they have it? You have it? Who has it? Or is it just floating out in space somewhere? <laughs> I finally got it back in pieces. Pieces? Oh, oh no. Yeah, it went to Vegas uh, for CES, I believe, last year. Yeah. And... Uh, they had it on display, but apparently they couldn't get it to actually work. <laughs> um, so it just sat there off, and pretty much everybody overlooked it because it was just sitting there off and not, uh, you know, it it didn't attract any any uh, attention to itself, and so you know it didn't get any uh, publicity or exposure or anything at all. Uh, so finally, they actually after the event they sent it back to their. Uh, headquarters in North Carolina, all the mods uh, went back there for whatever reason, and then after a few weeks, they finally sent it back, and, you know, it, it arrived in pieces, so I have some fixing to do before I can get it back to uh, my son's school, which w it was originally intended. Mm. Wow. So they basically dissected it to find out how it worked, huh? Yeah, it was shipping. They didn't, they didn't put it back in the same protective box that I sent it in, and mm. so it, it 
was not protected well at all on the way back. So sorry for that. that. When I got it back, I figured it out. Um, basically, the uh, uh, DLP projector that I had inside the thing, mm-hmm. and it has a safety switch on the bottom uh, for the bottom lid for when you pull the thing out and change the the lenses mm-hmm. or the, the bulbs. Mm-hmm. And if the if that lid becomes ajar or opens up it automatically has a safety switch that huh. disables it and won't turn on right. and during shipping over it kind of got jostled a little bit so that door opened up a little bit and tripped that safety switch and rendered it you know inoperable, inoperable. so it, it wouldn't turn on uh, when they tried to turn it on just by the mm. buttons and I figured that out as soon as I got it back. I'm like, oh, that's the reason. You know, tape it back together, and then it turned on. Yeah, <laughs> I think I can still, you know, fix it and get it back to working condition, so that I can uh, give it to the school, which is what I wanted to do be- to begin with. Oh, guys, been entertaining. It's been educational. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really been a good podcast. I really, really enjoyed talking with you guys. Well, I appreciate um, you guys having me on. Oh, fun. absolutely. Same here. Our, our pleasure. Our pleasure, guys. Uh, you're welcome to come back at any point in time. Yeah. Shannon, uh, anything anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? Uh, just, hey, thanks, guys. You know, keep doing what you're doing, man. This is what this enthusiasm you guys show, Brian. I mean, what you do is amazing, man. I can't state that enough, you know. Thank you. Get, just spending the time, you know, getting to talk to you like at uh, PDX, the very short time we got at PAX, obviously, but... I mean, regardless, man, what you, what all you guys do is just, that, that's what drives the industry. That's what drives just us from being, instead of off-shelf computers, to actually, without, without, you, without the enthusiast, there would be no company like Thermaltake or most of the other companies out there that sell these enthusiast parts. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, you guys are what drives us to make stuff better. Thank you. Yeah, Thank and you keep for making support. kick-ass products, too. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm more than happy to, you know, like I told Dwayne, anytime you guys, you know, you guys want to chat and just hang out, whatever, I'm, I'm cool to be on. Well, that's good to know. That's very good to know. Thank you very much, Shannon. And our other guest this evening, Brian Carter, a.k.a. Boddicker, the uh, world-renowned modder. Um, any shout-outs that we've missed or any, 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 any more ego stroking we need to do for you? <laughs> no, I think I'm good for uh, the rest of my life, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, for all of you out there in the podcast land that have downloaded this and have enjoyed this little journey we've had tonight, we'd like to thank you very much for listening. Uh, any uh, questions or comments, please head over to the site. Uh, post them up in our podcast section. We'll address them as soon as we can. Just go over to the forums, find the podcast section, post up your question, and... Uh, a representative will be with you shortly. <laughs> uh, if you want to, you can also leave a voicemail, which uh, <clears throat> nobody seems to be doing lately, at our Google voicemail. Uh, the phone number is 623-252-0156. That's 623 Five six, and uh, we'll be more than happy to put your questions on the air. We've already shoot, we've already shown you guys. We'll put them on the air. Just come on, send us. If you, if you don't feel like typing, call us. Leave us a voicemail. Drunk dial us at that number. Heck, that'll even that'll be pretty entertaining on the next podcast. Uh, you can look us up on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, just search for Modders Inc. That's all one word. 
M-O-D-D-E-R-S-I-N-C. No hyphen on those. So just search on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube by searching for Modders, Inc. Uh, also, be sure and check out ModersInc.com. And that's Modders-Inc.com for the latest on case modding, hardware, and more. Vic, take us out. Modding. Ain't it smurf-tastic? Oh, you a- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Cheers, guys. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>